Hi, this is Ruben off the cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, joined by my hosts, my co-hosts, the other hosts, Nick and Dan. <laughs> Do you guys love how the S is such a oh, good so- audio sound? Snakes. Wow. Yeah. Just overdoing it now. Overdoing it. I mean, yeah. you might you might as well once you dip your toe in the water. But yeah, I got Nick and Dan. Gentlemen, uh, what a mixed bag of a pod we have today. Quite literally, actually. Uh, Dan, you've, you've named it the Retta AMA, which, well, spoiler alert, FA Cup and Return of the Wussel, the WSL, the Women's Super League. The Wussel. We got, we got a lot to talk about, gentlemen. I know we've gotten some feedback, so I'll keep this a little short and tight. Short and sweet. I'm. I. I don't think I've said like a phrase, like a little quipply saying yet this year. It's been a struggle. Quipply, huh? <laughs> Quip, quippy saying. Uh, it's. Uh, anyways, Qui- uh, a lot. That quipply we're getting... is a toothbrush brand, my friend. Okay. Quip. Just, quip. And they do not sponsor the podcast, so you need to take that word out of your mouth. Qu- it was like quickly the, and quip and just failure. But they should quip. You. You could. Um, all right, but hey, look, a, a, a lot of you know this. Uh, this should be no spoiler to any of you out there. Uh, we reside in America, and uh, it would be we're recording this on Thursday, January 7th. Uh, it's been a wild ride last 24 hours, Nick. I think it'd be weird if we were just record this and not pretend like one of the most wild things in our country's history didn't just happen yesterday. Yeah, look, I mean, if you've been around the show for any amount of time, um, we are uh, we're not afraid to talk about difficult things, right? I mean, I think we've shown time and time again that even though it's a show about Chelsea Football Club that, you know, things that affect our listeners and, like, frankly, I think citizens of the world in this case, uh, you know, the Wednesday, January 6th was a scary day for a lot of people in this country and outside of this country. And I've, I've seen both uh, domestic and world news on this event. Um, it was, um, an incredible site, a site that I never thought I would see that the taking over the state capital or the, the United States capital and various state capitals, government, governing mansions across the country. This was not just an isolated incident, um, Dan. And, and I think the, the, the emotions were high. I was incredibly angry as a, as a student of history and to think about, you know, visiting those buildings as a tourist and and the honor that it was to to be there. I've got to tour the White House and the Capitol building before, and it's uh, you know there there are a lot of things that that can be said, but we just I think want to put it out there that this is not something we're running from. I think as a country, we have to own uh, what's great about it and what isn't great about it. And yesterday was a or Wednesday now at this point was a a uh, a day that will live in infamy. It is, I mean, I think the mixture of emotions was somewhere between uh, anger at watching it happen, disappointment to see that it was happening here and in our country, uh, sadness for people who were injured or who lost lives in something that was uh, emboldened and soaked on by uh, leaders and followers of a false narrative about an election being stolen and uh, 
just it's it's disappointing and you know what i mean i I think the the biggest thing that was probably most frustrating is you know you you know and it was said by many people um you know if the people who were pillaging the capitol buildings were black and not white it would be a completely different scenario and uh, it just means that there's still so much more work ahead of us as a country and as citizens to continue to organize, continue to fight, continue to push for voting right reform legislation that will put put us in a position um, to take back this country and uh, make it the America we want it to be, because uh, it was not that yesterday. Yeah, I would just add, look, I mean, this is it's been a volatile period in American history. This year, we've seen more ups and downs over the last calendar year, I should say, we've seen more ups and downs than I can ever remember in a single year of my lifetime. And that's including big inflection points like 9-11 or Hurricane Katrina or, you know, a lot of different things. We know that our community is incredible. We know that, that, you know, you guys are all thinking about thinking critically about this stuff as, as we are just this we we gotta give each other a lot of love this year. <laughs> we we really gotta extend the olive branch to a lot of people and, get, and show people, you know, how communities should work and function and and reach out to your neighbors, see see how they're doing. You know, I mean, this is, you know, not to not to drag too much into this, but there there's just so much happening right now that it can feel overwhelming. It feels overwhelming to me, um, and I I think I have a pretty good head on my shoulders, so like. I would just encourage us to love each other this year. It really, we, we need a big turnaround from 2020 uh, to 2021. This is a rough start, Brandon. So obviously a lot of our listeners out there, you're, you're international, uh, maybe not in the U.S., but I'm, you know, just the way the world works, we know that you're obviously watching it. Uh, I know we have quite a few Blues fans in D.C., so, you know, hopefully everyone there was, was able to stay safe. But, you know, like I said, it just comes down to like, we all know that, Everyone is dealing with a lot right now, some different things. So we hope that this isn't to distract from those things, but this is also to just give you an outlet, maybe a, a quick respite from things so you can kind of shift your knowledge or shift your attention to something different. But uh, again, it just seemed, it, it, would, it would seem disingenuous of us to just like pretend like we're recording this after like one of the most ridiculous and wild things that's happened in American history without acknowledging it. So, um, you know, statements said, sentiments shared, um, we have a community. We should, again, I love what Nick's saying, come together, uh, through the positivity and just try to like move us as a group in, into where we want to be. And while we should always do that yesterday, was just a very stark reminder of kind of why, um, um, you know, intention is important and, and thinking about it, you know, in, in all times, not just bad is important. So we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully come out of this better than we entered it. But, um, yeah, so uh, really awkward transition back to to podcast stuff, though. Uh, again, we're going to be talking about uh, a cool opportunity that's coming up to us in the Chelsea community, um, and that's what we were asked to do an AMA over at the Chelsea subreddit. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, we'll preview our FA Cup match against Morecambe, uh, which surprise to me and our predictions about what we expected in January is happening. And then we'll preview the return of the Chelsea women as they take on Reading and they have a few uh, issues over there themselves, which we'll talk about. So anyways, Dan, the Reddit power user on the team, (laughs) 
backslash R or is that forward slash R forward slash Chelsea FC? An AMA. What's an AMA? An AMA? Uh, American Medical Association? It's uh, it's probably not qualified for that. So hopefully, not a doctor. (laughs) Hopefully, it's less intense. (laughs) No. uh, So uh, for those who don't know, so uh, Reddit is a website on the internet. It is a popular uh, forum for discussion, and uh, basically anyone can create a community, and that community community can be grown over time. And uh, there is a Chelsea, a, a very vibrant and wonderful Chelsea FC community. And uh, they've got uh, getting close to 210,000 Blues supporters in there. It's been there since uh, I mean, Reddit is older than this, but they've been around since May of 20, uh, 2010. And an AMA is a this concept that was popularized on Reddit, which is an Ask Me Anything thread. So you've seen them from world leaders. You've seen them from authors promoting a new book from you know, musicians, uh, scientists will go into different communities. The communities will kind of ask to, to just generate a conversation from people within their, you know, their sphere, their atmosphere. And uh, one of their uh, wonderful moderators, uh, Wes Liu, reached out to us and said, hey, would you guys be up for doing this? And, uh, you know, I kind of came over and, you know, I get the joke about being Gramps on the podcast, but uh, I had to explain to Brandon what an AMA was. So I uh, guess well, I'm not that old. <laughs> Come on, I, I I was pandering to the audience, right? I mean, I'm not that sure. bad. Yeah, uh, I, I did. I did have a lot of questions on how it worked, and uh, Nick, I think you can thank me for asking what you were thinking. <laughs> I was already locked and loaded, Brandon. Thanks, though. Um, felt really good about it. And look, I I'm excited about this because you know we we get varying degrees of questions every week from Twitter and from our Discord and from Instagram and. You know, you take one stroll on the Chelsea subreddit and there are some deep, deep, deep questions, deep tactical thoughts, deep, you know, uh, thoughts around former players or whatever. Like I'm I'm excited to see what uh, what is generated uh, in this AMA. And uh, look, this is our first time doing this. I hope uh, we we don't screw it up too badly and that we're we're fun and that we have interesting things to say and that we're able to we're able to do it again because look I mean there's a lot of guff around around reddit uh, you know these these guys are are incredibly impassionate people or impassioned people and uh look we are too so let's let's make it happen let's have some fun with it all right yeah well uh, I guess to kick it off Dan you you we, there's over 20 questions that we've already gotten. We want to direct you over there. If you're listening before Friday afternoon on the 8th of January, you can still hover it over, throw some questions our way, preferably ones that make me sound smart and are nice to me. Um, they're going to have a tough job with that, Brandon. I, I, they're up for it. I, I believe in them. And we'll also be answering questions that were already asked in, and we're recording our an- answers. So, Dan, you, you cherry-picked one. And just to kind of give everyone a taste of what's, what's to come here. Well, it's important. It's important to make sure that we just, you know, set the stage for the types of questions that we're seeing beyond the what should we do about Frank and what's happening in the future and who we're going to sign. There are also some questions about maybe what we would like to see or, you know, just want an opinion from us. So call me Sparky asked, you know, you're my favorite Chelsea podcast, guys. Keep up the good work and don't be too harsh on Nick. Smiley face. So we will not be too harsh on Nick. We promise we will not be too harsh on Nick. Uh, so the question is, if you could sit down with any Chelsea player from the past or present, what question would you ask them and why? And then greetings from Bulgaria. So Bulgarian listener, which is very, very cool. 
Shouts to Bulgaria. Yeah. What's up? I like it. Um, okay, great. Well, uh, I guess, Nick, you, you've got yours listed, and it's very Nick-esque, which this is what they're going to get on the AMA. They're going to get a Nick answer, a Dan answer, and a Brandon <laughs> answer occasionally. So, Nick, what about you? It's almost as if we have different personalities, and I think that's the fun part about Nailed this. Nailed that. Um, <laughs> look, uh, I actually I thought a little bit about this. Like, I, I was, you know, part of me was like, do I just want to talk to my favorite player, you know, which would be Michael Essien? Do I want to, you know, do something a little crazy from previous trophy winning seasons? Do I want to, you know, glory hunt and and you know talk to Didier right after the FA or the right after the Champions League penalty? No is the answer to all those questions. You may have thought, man, Nick's going to take the easy way out. No, Nick is talking to Dennis Wise, former captain of Chelsea, Captain Mischief, I call him. And I want to know, just because of our, our chats with Joe Cole and, and some, of our, some of the stories we've heard along the way, I want to know about some of the worst slash most infamous locker room shenanigans that old Captain Mischief had to play. And I think we would find that the answers would be extraordinary. Yeah. No, for sure. No cell phones back then. <laughs> Just L- less paparazzi, less pressure on the footballers. Shenanigans. I, I, pure yeah. and simple. That's what, I, that's what I'm here for. That's what I want to bring to this. We should reach out to his agent, see if we can uh, get an interview with YZ and make it happen. Dan, what about you? I'm sure yours will be much less mischievous. Well, you know, we've got a chance to, to ask some questions of former Chelsea players that have been pretty cool. If if we hadn't done so previously, I would say Pat Nevin and music recommendations probably would have been up in there. But we've been able to play that game with him before. So uh, that one was box was ticked. Uh, we've had a ch- chance to talk to Mason, who we absolutely uh, love and adore on this show. Uh, so check box there. That was taken care of. Uh, I say it. Probably would have to be uh, Balak. I mean, he's he's the guy that brought me to kind of enjoying and loving and watching Chelsea. So, uh, man, I don't know exactly what question I would ask him. Um, will you be one of my friends? Maybe would be the question. And hopefully he would say yes. No. Uh, <laughs> Dan, <laughs> if he says Dan, no, it's going to end the conversation. Wait. Yeah, well, Dan, he would say no. But but you you miss the boat. You don't know what question you ask him. You'd ask him about Tom Henning or Revbo. Yeah, you would have to. He he's up in his yeah. he's doing this. Come on, what did you say no? Come on, Mike. <laughs> no lying, Mike. Mike. <laughs> Mike. 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 Uh, Mike. It's like the scene in Lost in Translation. What did Bill Murray say? What did Michael Ballack really say? <laughs> what did he really say? Yeah, if if only we could ever hear what that is. Um, so I I went with. The option of like, hey, who's someone who's not around? I'm still holding out that I get to interview Petr Cech and hopefully we can talk to YZ. And if you like think back, I was like, oh, Peter Bernetti, goalkeeper, right? But then I was like, I, wh- I thought it'd be wild to go back and ask Peter Osgood and say, ask him, what if I told you that Chelsea fans love you so much that in 40 years, a statue will be built of you outside of Stanford bridge and just like get his perspective on like what that would mean to him. Because obviously it was built a few years after he had passed away. Um, I was doing a quick Google. His ashes were buried under the penalty spot at the shed end. Like this, he means so much to the club and I'm sure the club meant so much to him. And I feel like that would just spur a really amazing conversation. 
And because it's like if if someone had told me I was about to do I I had done in the moment something so great or over a span of time that it will be remembered for decades on after I'm gone, like that would make me think really hard introspectively and like make me take me to an uncomfortable place. Um, so, anyways, I thought that would be fascinating to hear kind of where that question would go. And um, so, yeah, I don't know, but really good question. A lot of options. No, so I, I honorable mention. If I could have an honorable mention, I I was thinking about you know I, I wanted to follow the rules and I, so I selected a player, but but the one that really came to mind was uh, founder of the club Gus Mears. Could, yeah, could we have a beer? Sun. Could we have a beer at the Rising Sun? Could I ask yeah. him about his future ambitions for Chelsea Football Club? And then maybe spoil the future for him. I don't know. Before, Perhaps before you before you date my daughter, I have some questions. If you, <laughs> what are your intentions, sir? <laughs> and by date, I mean literally create out of nothing with your wealth. Uh, yes, I'd like a say, please. Oh, <laughs> uh, that uh, that'd be fun. We could honestly play this game all day. But uh, look, I think it's going to be a fun thing. Um, it's fun to get you know questions from all over the world, different perspectives, things like this. It's not just us trying to come up with. Um, what to talk about. So we're excited. Well, last thing, how long are we doing the AMA? When are we doing it? Let's give the listeners some details so they can well, get Yeah, it. so so it's uh, it's Friday afternoon central time, so kind of early evening. So if you're kind of settling in in the, the 4 or 5 o'clock p.m. time frame, uh, you're going to see us kind of hitting up some of the questions there. Uh, the, the three of us, uh, the three idiots here, uh, will be, you know, working together and collaborating on our answers and making sure that we kind of put the information out there for you. And thankfully, we've got a couple already that we've been able to uh, start taking a look at. And, uh, you know, one of the top questions I'll have to answer is why the introduction to the podcast takes so long. So uh, we will we will get an answer for you. 100%. Or will we? All right, well, let's go ahead and take a quick ad break. Uh, when we get back, though, it's all about the Morecambe preview and then obviously the Chelsea women versus Reading. Kind of what's going on with them. We haven't talked about them in a little bit, so it'll be good to touch on them. So anyways, thanks these sponsors for financially supporting the show, and we will be right back. Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I just want to tell you a little bit about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everybody the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast but don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all of the other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get this all for only $15 a month. That is the exact same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So you're getting a pretty good value here. Whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description uh, in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com forward slash join. All right, match preview time. This will be super informal, partially because you're playing Morcom. I mean, the shrimps, I, the yeah. fighting shrimps. Was it Morcom FC? I mean, real life, real life homework is to go, yeah, Morcom Football Club. Uh, they play in Morcom and Lancashire, uh, and they're in League Two. 
right? So the the way it goes, they're the shrimps. Yep, owned by the Bond Group. Um, I mean, what like even if I want to do a lot of research and history and things and reading up on it, like I'm sorry, Dan, I don't need your stats. I just got to go with Nick's gut check here. We just got to go from the heart and be like, hey, we went we went from the eye test to the gut check. The yeah, AK not numbers. I do have a oh, bit of okay. a gut right now. To be fair, like I'm. Hmm. <laughs> I wasn't even going there, but it's just like, what do you expect when Chelsea are lined up against a League Two opposition? The it's easy to get sucked in and just be like, it's a League Two team. You could give me Carlisle at one or Scunthorpe at twenty, and I'm probably gonna feel the same way at the end of the day, Nick. Yeah, look. I remember when we played Bradford City in 2014, 15. I think it was 2015, actual year, 2014-15 season. Uh, Mourinho infamously threw out an incredibly weak side. And we scored first and we lost. (laughs) At home. Good old Bradford Bradford City. Uh, no, Bradford City, different, uh, whole different deal. But oh, um, even worse. So just look, anything is possible in the FA Cup. We all know it's called the magic of the FA Cup for a reason, right? It shouldn't be possible that the Morecambe fighting shrimps beat us, managed by Ted Lasso. <laughs> um, it sh- it shouldn't be possible. But look, man. We, we look at the form table, all right? Let's just look at the damn form table. Morecambe, Dan, uh, looks like four wins and a loss on the trot uh, out of their last five. Chelsea, definitely not doing that well. Anything's possible. Well, uh, again, I think it, caveat, it is League Two. It is the fourth tier of English football. And I'm not doing that to maybe overhype or guarantee the dub here. Uh, but the Premier League side with a even a large deployment of some of our best youth talent in this match uh, should, without question, uh, win this game and advance us to the next round of the FA Cup. I mean, it just... That is the expectation when you go up against a side like this. It, it is. I mean, that, that I no numbers because Brandon apparently has outlawed them in this episode, so I won't even bring no, them up. No, no, no. You, <laughs> you can. I just didn't want to start with the numbers. Oh, so, I mean, they're, they're currently seventh on the table. They have 34 points in League Two, uh, 27 goals for, 30 goals against, negative three goal difference. A uh, Bl- little bit of better run. Form. Oh, yeah, blistering uh, form right now. So four wins, one loss, uh, nine goals for, five against. Uh, they did uh, their last loss against uh, Newport County uh, was a two-one loss back at the beginning of December, which involved a red card. But since then, uh, they have been on an absolute tear. Leighton Orient, Hargit Town, uh, Colchester, and Grimsby Town all beaten in pretty uh, pretty fine fashion. I mean, they've beaten Colchester. Grimsby Town, Leighton Orient. Yeah, teams that, if I'm just being honest with our audience, are probably not familiar with. And I don't think you'd be at fault for not. No one expects you to know four flights of the English pyramid, football pyramid, in this situation. So, um, you know, even... I don't know. I I don't want to pretend to analyze this too much, so I'm just going to go over to 
Uh, a great tweet from our friend at Chelsea Youth. The most most just foreshadowing of tweets says Sunday is coming, period. And then he has a great graphic with five youth players and, and standing in front of banners. So you've got Andrin, Bate, Lawrence, Levermento, and Sunsup Bell, all poised potentially and ready to make some appearances. Um, so more tweets from Chelsea saying, Chelsea have played against League One and two teams in the AFL Trophy since 2016. They've won or drawn 11 of 18 games in that run as a holy U23 team with an average age of not much more than 19. They're more than good enough, and they'll have older help. Tino Andrin has like five goals and two assists in three plus three appearances in the EFL trophy and repeatedly proven he's ready to play top flight minutes, but you're worried a few kids playing against a good League Two team threatens chances of winning? Nah, they're ready for a lot more. None of this is intended to denigrate Morecambe. A good team enjoying a good season, but any of the youngsters hoping to be involved Sunday are there on merit and would likely achieve loans to higher levels where they too head out on loan. They bring quality to the table. So, Nick, what a weird time to have a match like this because Chelsea could use some confidence right now. But even at this point, Chelsea are probably thankfully above playing a bunch of world beaters like expensive players against Morecambe just to get confidence like surely this will be a youth heavy squad I I frankly think it's the perfect time for this game right now Uh, like clearly what we're doing over the last few weeks ain't working okay so uh, you know We'll talk about whether we should be playing Morecambe after their incredible COVID run that they went on in a second. But now that now that it's confirmed that the match is going going on, if there aren't any obvious blips before now and Sunday, um, I think it's a perfect time for this game. I I really believe that injecting youth who are not stained by the results of December, who are hungry, who are excited to get their chance uh, as as Phil. Uh, just laid out in a series of of tweets uh, and that he's laid out in our show before. Um, it, this is the perfect scenario. I mean, you think about last year, right? Part of the reason last year was so special for Chelsea fans is that we finally, for the first time, really the first time, although there was a little under sorry, um, we, we really got to see our own come to the forefront, right? Like this, it was a, an incredible feat to finish fourth with a majority of youth players getting their first real season in the Premier League. I, I mean, it, and, and to, you know, I know it's been a negative time at Chelsea. We certainly went through all the problems on our last Man City review with Joe Tweeds, and we're not backing away from those criticisms. They're, they're there for everyone to hear. But, but man, like I was kind of thinking this week, just having a little bit of a break since we aren't playing three games this week. Um, and, and it's nice to have a little bit of time to reflect. How cool must this be? And look, we don't know the starting lineup, but how cool might it be for the five that are are kind of listed here, Andrew and Bate, Lawrence, Livermento, Sunsa Bell, to potentially don a Chelsea shirt and play a first team match for the club. Now, obviously, Andrew has done so. I believe Bate's been on the bench before, but the other three haven't really sniffed it. Uh and 
I think it's the exact right moment. We remember when Billy Gilmore finally, you know, came into the the squad last year and took took it on and really did something with it, right? Like performed. Like God, I just you know, I, I Dan, I, I'm really excited about this because one, it's it's not it's not a, a, a denigration of Workham as Phil said. It's it's us giving some well deserved time to to players who are more than ready for the task. Yeah, it's it's celebrating those players. It's celebrating the investment uh, of you know the the expansive investment over time and dollars, dollars by Roman Abramovich and time by Neil Bath and everyone at the academy to who've put together this program that's developed so many great players. And yeah, I, I just in general, I think these are you know Chelsea youth players that have earned the right to get this type of opportunity and you know with the rule changes allowing for five subs uh in this round of the the fa cup you know you now have actually a higher opportunity to bring a few more of these players in you know whether it's for 10 15 20 minutes depending upon you know how protectionist you know is is frank gonna go with is he gonna go with a really heavy lineup to start to to try to kind of put it away and then bring the youngsters in or could he start with youngsters and if it's not working you know 45 50 60 minutes bring in kind of the vets and you know make some adjustments there i'll be really i'm interested to see how he's going to approach it given what he knows is coming from a maxed out experience over the next couple weeks with matches uh and knowing kind of the quality of the opposition, how he's going to approach this. That's the thing though, right? Like on merit, no one deserves to start (laughs) like on merit. Everyone's equal, right? And, and all things being equal, this is a great opportunity to give much needed rest. You know, obviously they had a couple days off. The first team had a couple days off earlier this week to not have to run out Timo, to not have to run out in Golo Conte, to not have to run out Kurt Zuma or Thiago Silva, all these guys, or 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 Dave or whoever. Like it, it's just a, a massive opportunity. Um, you know, to for Frank to hit reset to go like, look, man, guys, this is this has not been good. This has not been up to par. We're going to give you know, we're going to mix it up. We're not just playing a youth team out there. We're going to have seasoned professionals out there. I, w- I would guess that your Gilmore's and your Kovacic's and, and, you know, maybe an Emerson, you know, maybe, a, you know, you're going to have first teamers out there, no doubt. But like Keppa. Willie, maybe, well, I don't know. I don't know if Keppa's still on the board or not, but like whatever. Petr Cech out there for the first team again, Brandon, there you go. Uh, but, you know, it's not going to just be youth players, but these, these five that we've highlighted – like Sunsa Bell, with his eyes closed, could hit a Hattie right now. I mean, he's that's his form. <laughs> like he's been all over it. Like so, yeah. Why not? Why not play a weird formation and come out and, and screw around and see if you can do something cool? Because it is clear to me that this team needs a break, and this is a perfect weekend to do something a little weird, mix it up. Yeah, I guess you probably hope that if I'm thinking back to you know when I was a player. It's not that you're not taking this serious. When we played a couple of like the dumpster fire teams in our conference, we, we had a couple, <laughs> honestly. You like, were like 10 nils? Yeah. In Oof. college. Yeah. Oof. 
So you you would go into the game as like a starter, not really worried about it because there was no chance whatsoever you lose. This is obviously much more competitive than that, but the first teamers, I'm sure Frank Stockton said, all right, my, my group that have played a lot of minutes, you're over here. You're going to prepare for two weeks from now, essentially. You're isolated. Maybe you play a little handball. Maybe you play a little soccer tennis. Uh, you know, maybe you do a little World Cup with a, a coaching goal so no one gets hurt. Like Film study? <laughs> but while they're on the pitch, they're definitely doing that anyways. And then you have a group of mixed, mixed group of low-minute first-teamers and a heavier academy influence, and they're the ones specifically preparing for this match. And that's what I'm imagining is happening at Cobham, and then they'll do the film together. So if the first teamers with a lot of men's do come on for whatever reason, they understand the game plan, what they're trying to do, and things like that. But Frank and Jody and Joe are going to be like, look, to, to Chelsea use point here, Phil's saying, if these players in our academy were to go out and look for loans to prepare them for Chelsea, they wouldn't be going to League Two. That is too far down for the level of play at this team. Therefore, the assumption is playing against a League Two team, they might be bigger, they may be more physical, but they should not be technically better. Um, and that's what we have to figure out. Now, they can go organize themselves, play a really low block, make be hard to beat, and that's every right of them to do that. But I would imagine that Frank kind of has two groups split up um, during this time for training. And one is much more hopefully laid back. And to you said, kind of remind these players, you love playing football. Let's let the pressure release. Two points here. One, uh, one, it's the FA cup. I know that Morecambe will be taking this seriously. This is a super bowl level event, you know, a final, if you will, for Morecambe, like it, and and I respect the competition. I, I really do. I, I I see it as an opportunity for Chelsea to play different players, but it doesn't mean I don't respect it. I want us to win. I want us to win the entire thing, especially after we lost it last year. The second point, though, is that we our podcast has a little bit of a unique experience here, right? Because if you look at the table, there's a, a little team called Grimsby, Grimsby Town uh, at the bottom. They're in the relegation territory uh, underneath Stevenage. We were there when Chelsea played Grimsby Town last year, uh, and they ran out 7-1 winners, right? Uh, and look, there was a mix of player on the field. Uh, it was uh, EFL, you know, cup match, so it was, you know, I think it was pretty low-key type of environment. But this was a rehab match for Callum Hudson-Odoi. This was a, you know, I think a first start for Reese James. I think it was Mark Gurhey playing center back, I think it was, you know, you kind of go down the line. There was a mix of youth and experience. So Chelsea do have experience doing this. And my guess is, oh, there's Bradford City, those bastards. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chelsea do have experience with this type of match. And so if these five that we're talking about end up starting, you better believe they're going to be accompanied by six uh, seasoned professionals that are going to help them through a match like this when they when they have not been kind of elevated to the status. Now, obviously, Tino Andrews had a little bit of of run in the team, and um, you know that's that's going to be helpful. But there's there's plenty of opportunity here for these youth players to get involved, have a really good time out, and then kind of see what happens for their future after this. All right. Well, um, I guess we're hoping to kind of, I guess, plant our flag behind some of the players a little bit in support 
And if we had to choose a player that we were excited to see, um, Nick, I think yours got pipped. I think Dan stole it. Dan, quick, go. Dan, go, 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 quick. Well, I, I, I was going to go, hey, Jude. Hey, Jude, you know, we need to see him. Uh, you know, so Jude, uh, Sun, uh, Sons Up Bell is just going to, you know, I think, take the take the day by storm. It is not only his birthday, you know, so it'll actually be his birthday on Sunday, which usually means that there's something good happening for you on the pitch, most likely a goal, which would be pretty exciting. Um, but he will actually be the second youngest Chelsea player um, to line up for Chelsea in a top flight match uh, since... Roman Abramovich uh, bought the club. Uh, it was Michael Woods in 2007, who was 16 and like 250 some odd days old. So Jude is just a hair older at this point. Um, and he's scoring for fun. You know, he is absolutely having a little bit of the time of his life right now. You know, he's uh, tore up a couple of sides. He put four past the uh, Leicester UAT team uh, in the FA Youth Cup. He put uh, four past Barnsley when we beat them 8-1. Uh, in 75 minutes. So, and he also scored in our U twenty three team match against Man United, where we won six one. So he he's been able to uh, rise up his game really really quickly here. And uh, yeah, it's a bit of a meteoric rise, but you know we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, big if if he were to make that start, uh, add him to the old history books. Nick, pivot quick, quick pivot. Oh, look, I, I actually was going to pick this guy anyway, so I feel pretty good about this. Livramento, Tino Livramento. There are two Tinos here, so we do have to specify. Very popular name on the on the youth squad. Uh, Tino Livramento, right back, right wing back, uh, depending on how Chelsea kind of roll out the, the formation. Uh, by all accounts, by Chelsea youth's own admission on our podcast this year, has been kind of the star of the show for uh, U18s, U23s when he's had the chance. Uh, is an up and comer. Is someone who could, you know, potentially be elevated to the first team if there if Reese James' injury is uh, anything more severe than than what it's been kind of listed listed now. Um, a sister of goals, a dynamic player. Uh, interested to see if we if we get to really see him come out of his shell. Uh, on on the big stage, but I mean, if I were Frank Lampard and I was looking at what this game could mean, right? We know that Andreas Christensen is hurt, right? We know that uh, <laughs> for God's more, he's been just in this purgatory all year, and will will appear to continue in in that purgatory uh, for reasons uh, undetermined. But you, you look at this and you're like, oh, man, this this might be an opportunity with Dave, with Rudiger, uh, and with Tamori to play a three-back with wingbacks, get Emerson involved on the left, get Tino on the right, have security in the back, and just let him bomb down the wings. Just see what happens uh, and, and see if he can help create for the squad. Because that's a formation that the youth team, as Chelsea Youth has said multiple times on our show, is very comfortable playing. So it would not shock me if we rolled out a three back on, on Sunday. I, I mean, I could see it. I could, I could see it make a lot of sense. I'm going to take the other Tino, Faustino Andrin. All right. Um, this is the insurance bet right here. He's He's the one closest to breaking through the first team. So... I am excited to see him because we haven't really gotten to see him. So, of course, anytime 
Uh, I we get to see someone uh, like Tino who's very dynamic uh, and can offer a lot. This is a game where you're like, hey, he could really run riot against a League Two team, uh, and and hopefully that would, you know, speed up the process for him potentially getting Premier League minutes uh, sooner rather than later as well. So. Um, it's kind of, you have the two options of like, oh, I want to see a, a debutante, an exciting player that we haven't really seen at all. And I'm going for, no, I want to see more of Tino. I want to see Tino Andrin get more minutes and get closer and closer because he's already close to breaking through and I don't want him to lose that momentum. Um, but at the end of the day, when these players play, we all win, uh, which is exactly what we want to see from this match. I want to see goals and advancement, nothing short of a five goal thriller. Chelsea three, Morecambe two. Let's go. Put it in the books. I want advancement oh, no. at all costs. Oh my god! I thought you were going to go with a five nil there, not a three two. Oh my goodness! Ugh. The meltdown would be fun. We're still leaking goals in your scenario, which is hilarious. Um, well, you guys are talking about Kep and Willie playing, so I don't know what you expect. <laughs> Big Willie? Oh no, he's good. He's good to go. Um, look, what I want to see. And, I, and I, it's become more apparent to me, especially after last weekend. It's like this team needs a a boost. It needs a shot in the arm. It needs a narrative change in the worst possible way. And I think to do that, this team needs to have fun on Sunday. I think there needs to be camaraderie shown. I think there needs to be a Frank Lampard who is animated and involved and not arms crossed and dour. I think there needs to be you know, God, I wish there were fans in the stands for this to root on these kids, man. Like, I just it, it it's just the bummer of all bummers that these these guys might make their debut to no one in the stands because you know the bellows that would come from the faithful at Sanford Bridge on Sunday would just be incredible. Um, but but I I just want I want to see the atmosphere lighten around this team because I I think when they feel good they play good when they feel bad they've played really bad. Seems fair. Seems seems reasonable. Plus, I think we've seen, even across other teams, obviously with Arsenal, we played them, Dan, is it, it, it kind of trending towards letting young players have a chance to prove themselves this season. This, yeah. this kind of seems like the perfect season to play a lot of youth players for whatever reason. And I, I think that has to be the thing that we're looking for most in this match is a maximum number of youth players debuts and you know minutes in this match i mean this is this is your opportunity to rotate it is your opportunity to to rest some not all because you will have your yeah i actually think if you play a four back maybe aspie gets rest you play emerson rudiger tamori keppa or willie and then like Livermento as as your kind of right back situation you know you, you could see a lot of different lineups kind of coming out of this i think the other big thing just to underline no, no major injuries like that is the other thing. You know, we already know Christensen has been ruled out. That kind of makes it now so that Tomori may likely not go on loan because we might be down Christensen for a period of time. And you don't want to run with three center backs and then a fourth choice that's injured potentially. Um, so, yeah, no, no more injuries. I would also well, like yeah, that I mean, too. Complicated by the fact that Reese James is also injured, right? Because... Even if you had a center back injury, you could potentially deputize Aspie as a center back in an emergency situation, but you can't do that when he's the only healthy right back at the same time, right? It's it's a night it's a absolute nightmare injury when you're so close to giving 
Tamori some time. But like, look, for Tamori, this is a guy that we've all wanted to see play. I hope he plays on Sunday. I hope he kills it. I hope he does so incredibly well that Frank has to reconsider whatever has gone on behind the scenes and and elevate yep. him because look, you don't get these chances a whole lot. And maybe this is just a random alignment of events that keeps Tamori at Chelsea and we're all happy about that. So all right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and transition off of the youth, aka the FA Cup match against Morecambe, and over to the other side of Cobham, where the Chelsea women reside, as they have a match coming up against Reading at the weekend. Reminder, in case you've forgotten, the last league match was the 13th of December, so they had a little winter break, uh, and their last um, women's Champions League uh, was 12-16. Um, smash huge, huge. <laughs> yeah, smashed Benfica. We were all worried about that. Well, we just—I think we we're just like, hey, you know, let's let's not mess about. Like, let's take Paying care of respect. business. We yeah, were paying respect to Benfica. Mm, mm, we they paid, lost it all. It's we paid them. We paid them some damn respect. I'll say mm, that. Yes, yeah, smacked, smacked it up. Uh, but we didn't play our last match against Spurs supposed to be last Sunday uh, because you have a little bit of a COVID outbreak in the women's squad, Dan. I don't know if you have a little bit more information on this for us. Uh, No, just that our our match versus uh, the Spurs uh, got postponed until the 20th of the month. So uh, reorganizes our fixtures just a touch (laughs) there, Um, but it doesn't seem like there has been uh, much in the way of reporting on who or who didn't. Uh, there has, however, been news that uh, for Manchester City, um, who we are playing in the Conti Cup, uh, they are potentially going to be down players. Um, so it's just just like in the men's game, um, we are now continuing to see the same effect in the women's game where uh, players, uh, multiple players, are finding themselves out, uh, which is causing fixture congestion, uh, congestion, even on their uh, more compact schedule. Well, I, I would just say, like, let's let's take a step back, right? Uh, since we last potted, uh, England has now gone into a full lockdown. Um, elite sport has been saved. Uh, and, if that's and, the right word. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Really good point about that. Maybe my wording is off. Um, but... It's important to note that the UK is going through an incredible spike. And, and the the other note here is that the variant of COVID that is more prominent in the UK than anywhere else in the world spreads more quickly than, say, the variant in the United States or the variant in Sweden or whatever. It's a mutation of the virus. Like, this happens with a lot of these, these viruses. They mutate and change over time. And unfortunately, in the UK, there is a, a really like a 50 up to 50 percent more easily spread version of COVID-19. So it would stand to reason as we kind of head into this uncertain time in January and February that like there's going to be cancellations. There's going to be fixtures moved. We already kind of talked about that in our December month of review, but it's it's becoming more real by the week that we record Um and, you know, look, first first thoughts are out to everybody in, in our friends of the UK. Just stay safe and stay healthy, please. Um, we can't wait to visit you when we're allowed again. Uh, and second is, like, w- when we think about the women's schedule, they're going to have the same problem that the, that the men potentially have, especially as we get towards the end of the year, because 
we've all noted that the you know the vaccine is now in distribution which is a miracle upon miracles we cannot understate that or overstate that it is crazy but the distribution of the vaccine is likely not going to be until kind of mid to late spring so that means there's going to continue to be cancellations and pushbacks and all that kind of stuff uh for both the men's and women's team and this is just one example of that dan well, and the most ridiculous thing, just kind of talking about like the women's game and then just the disparity in how these competitions are perceived about the importance of men's sports versus women's sports is there was also an article in the Telegraph about the women's FA Cup matches potentially being decided on the toss of a coin or drawing numbers from a hat uh, for the second ridiculous. and third round. Like we are going in. Uh, in the same conditions to play a match for the men's team this weekend. Um, and there is potentially like the, you know, that they're deciding, Hey, you know what? Maybe for the women, for the second, third round, we'll just, you know, flip some coins and see if that's an option. I think they're also looking at potentially the second and third rounds being withdrawn from the season's cup because it's classified as non elite by the, the government at the second and third round stages. Uh, I am of the opinion if it's not safe enough don't play always flipping coins just to get past it is unacceptable you either you delay it and maybe you can't get all the way through something but the integrity of the sport like have some respect for the women who play the game like that is one of the most degrading things i've ever heard and just lazy they also have a history of delaying these games. I mean, they didn't finish the FA Cup until September of this year. Yeah. The last FA Cup. So, like, give me a break with this, like, faux timeline that you, you've you built in. Like, the women don't have Euros. No, well, I mean, look, they have other competitions. But, like, if you're telling me that we can't find a way to play these games into the summer, into the right. early fall again. Like, look, I get what it does to the schedule. But, like. What a disservice. Like again, thinking about Morecambe, right? Like from the men's team. Like if Morecambe wasn't able to play this game during due to COVID and they just awarded Chelsea to move on to the next game, if you're a Morecambe fan, you'd be devastated. Yeah. Because this is like the windfall of all windfalls to play in the FA Cup against a big Premier League team. If you're a women's team who already already you don't feel the love and then you're a, you know maybe a a league one women's side or whatever, and, and you're just trying to make it and you're trying to show yourself and maybe get picked up by a bigger club. If you're a player or whatever, like it's a bad, bad, bad situation to have to, to lose that opportunity to move on just by the flip of a coin. Like what the hell? Yeah. I, I think that the cat, the, the caveat is just as where the, uh, in the men's side, the uh, elite teams or top teams enter into the uh, third round of the competition the mm-hmm. 23 elite clubs from the WSL and the championship actually go in in the fourth round. So there's just a little bit of a disparity in like when we, you know, the bigger teams kind of yeah. egress in, uh, which is part of the reason why they're, they're citing that the cost of testing and kind of making sure that the protocols are up to snuff um, is part of the kind of concern or consideration, um, which that I say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's that's, that's, that's weak ass, weak ass argument. All right, hey, real quick, right, running it back. So, in case you've forgotten, Chelsea are in third place in the league, but uh, we have played two less matches than Man United, who are in first, and Arsenal, who are in second. So, we're on twenty points. Uh, if we were to win both of those, we go leveled Manchester United on twenty six, uh, and right now we have the same goal difference. So, you assume if you win, uh, 
we go above them because of goal difference. Um, Reading, on the other hand, a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, they're at the middle of the table. They've won three, drawn four, lost three. Um, so one that you'd expect this team to beat. They've tied Everton. Um, they beat Brighton and Hove, which are towards the bottom. Uh, they drew Bristol, who are literally the bottom. Uh, and they lost one, two to United, uh, and they beat Brighton again. So, I, you know, no, no real surprise results there. If anything, sticking two to one to Man United is probably a good one. Um, so we'll have to see how this goes, especially with the COVID outbreaks. It seems like they're they're typically just trying to push on and pretend like it's it's not really affecting these teams and just trying to get the games in at all costs. But what's most exciting about this all is Chelsea have gone and done it dipped their greedy hands in the transfer market and picked up a goalkeeper. My word. This is a surprise to me. Honestly, I'm just full disclosure. I don't know when they can and can't sign players. I believe this is an official break. So it was like a, a transfer window. It just, I was oblivious to it. I literally didn't open Twitter one morning Ooh. and I was like, Oh shit. Chelsea women signed a goalkeeper. And apparently she's really freaking good. Who knows when when transfer windows are anymore? Just in general, I mean, like time is a square circle. It's just it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> Squares. Just what, what, just buy people. What is a transfer window? <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Just here. Uh, I'll, I'll help you, Dan. I, I didn't mean to throw a pronunciation your way unsolicitedly. <laughs> so uh, Zachira Musevich uh, is what I believe, and so we have some good tweets from NWSL Analytica on Twitter. Great follow, obviously. Uh, for many reasons, but definitely broke down kind of who we got. So I maybe just cover the top tweet and and kind yeah, of yeah, you know, yeah. full thread. Uh, we retweeted at the time. I'll bump it up again just so that you can use it for context clues. But uh, yeah, just uh, really impressive. Uh, Twenty four, uh, so a younger keeper, uh, most likely. You know, someone like Carly Telfoy might be kind of the the one who's potentially. At, you know, at risk now for for losing their spot. You know, obviously, uh, Berger is kind of the, the solidified, I think, number one for us at this point. Uh, but yeah, um, past season averaging 0.64 goals conceded per game with an expected goals against a 0.7. So uh, that's good to see. 94% uh, success in interception, 74% of shots saved, average of 89% passing accuracy. Um, the Scatter chart of her being tested with shots and peppered with shots uh, shows a lot of kind of diversity of shot here too, Nick. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just exciting to see that, again, um, recruitment is strong, not just at the youth level, not just at the uh, top tier level with the men's team, but also on the women's team as well. Yeah, like this is a you think about the signings that Chelsea have made in the last 18 months. Emma Hayes is leaving nothing to chance. <laughs> there, there will be no, there will be no uh, Andreas Christensen knee injuries to the to the women's squad uh, because of of depth and, and strength. Uh, you know, Carly Telford is uh, an England keeper. Uh, like Anne Katarina Berger is ger- a, a German keeper. Both internationals, well established. To add another to the squad, Swedish national team is an embarrassment of riches. That is is crazy. And you think about you know the part of the part of the thing that's going to happen with the the women's game, especially if there are an uptick in COVID reschedules, is that like 
even playing goalkeepers three matches in a week, Brandon, like would seem to be a stretch. So you're going to need to utilize an entire squad in like a kind of a worst case scenario that I'm building out in my brain. Like th- there could be plenty of time for, for, uh, Zachira, right? Is that right? Zachira? Yeah, something close to that. Z-E-C with an accent, I-R-A. So obviously a very Eastern European name, but she's a Swedish footballer. So who knows kind of what that is. Yeah. Phonetics be damned. We're we're trying our best here. Um, If if she's able to step into the Conti Cup or she's able to step into the rescheduled Women's FA Cup, that seems like a good idea. Yeah. Look, Carly Telford, 33, definitely a veteran, um, well-experienced, but, you know, still very much in the mix of it, especially for England. Um, uh, yeah, Katrine Berger uh, had a couple of oopsies, you know, in, in the somewhat recent uh, history this fall. Still a very well-established goalkeeper. So then to add Musevich to this, an established goalkeeper. Weird, signing another player from Sweden because... <laughs> Damn it, those Nordic countries are full of amazing female footballers. Uh, just, again, adding to the depth, you have a 24, a 30, and a 33-year-old girl goalkeeper on the roster. Carrying that type of a, a mix is very good. And, you know, to the point Dan said, Carly is obviously closer to retirement than not, and that's okay. But this just goes and, and reinforces his strength. So, uh, look, Zachira had uh, an amazing 0.64 goals conceded per game uh, with an XG of 0.7. Like, she seems to be rock solid. She got absolutely peppered in the league last season, yet uh, had a 74% save percentage. Looks like she's really good at her passing. Uh, she's really good at claiming crosses. She seems to be confident, and her distribution is actually quite well. So, again, I'm not going to pretend to be... Uh, an expert, but uh, she seems highly qualified uh, with a great resume and a great pedigree. So again, just Emma Hayes refusing to to let up until she has absolute total world domination. She's coming for Lyon, and I love it. Let's go. All right. What you can do to help, because why not make this an actual podcast? Uh, Chelsea women and staff are up for some monthly awards. So Chelsea at Chelsea FCW tweeting, don't forget to vote for Emma Hayes and Sam Kerr in December's Barclays FAWSL monthly awards. Uh, you got to get your votes in. We missed them. Um, but Dan, you have, I, I don't even know. I'm not going to try to make it sound like you're anti-Chelsea women, anti-Sam Kerr, but you just weren't really sure why Sam Kerr was up for the award. Does it matter? Uh, Does it matter? Yeah, hey, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't put the stat in there because I wanted you guys to be surprised. So, uh, if I told you that there was someone who was leading the WSL with expected goals and assists per minute, per 90 minutes, uh, at 1.54, uh, with the next closest to being tied at 1.09, would you be surprised that it was Sam Kerr? I would not be, Dan. Thank you for asking. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad that you had the right answer, Nick. Brandon had to obviously abstain. He didn't know. Um, <laughs> but easier that Sam way. Kerr is at, at topping the league right now. And, you know, look, we, we only played two games in December, so there's a little less of a, uh, you know, a sample size. You know, the other women's teams played three. I would imagine, um, you know, Casey from Man City is going to end up taking probably the manager of the month. But, look, Sam Kerr is just 
you know, really found form after what was kind of a trickier start to the season. There were a lot of kind of questions, uh, obviously losing Kirby off the right hand side for a little bit, you know, made it a little bit more difficult for her because Kirby is flying when it comes to expected assists. There's almost like no one in her league when it comes to that this season. So, I mean, to have someone who's leading goals plus assists, to have someone who's driving assists total, uh, that just shows you your your tack and your plan is working. And so, uh, yeah, uh, Sam Kerr should win. And Ziyech is, is trying his best Frank Kirby impression <laughs> on the men's side. So there you go. All right. Well, hey, look. A lot covered, a lot of ground covered. It's uh, wild to think where this podcast started and where it's ended. But, um, you know, that's kind of the the world we're living in right now. And uh, we're uh, glad that we have you all kind of with us to go through it. And so just uh, a thank you. So thank you for listening to us like you guys do uh, throughout the week. And uh, we hope we can continue to provide you relevant and, and good content. So um, stay safe, stay well. Love you all. Uh, thank you, Nick and Dan, gentlemen, as always, for for showing up. Uh, we can get in contact with us. Patreon, join the Discord. We've had a bunch more people join. Uh, we'll get back to the normal shout-outs after the match review. Um, but, yeah, it'll be it'll be good. So, again, uh, match preview plus a little bit more. Uh, head over to Reddit if you're listening to this at the appropriate time, Friday evening, uh, the 8th of January. We'd love to have you participate with it. Um, but, yeah. Thanks to everybody. As always, uh, regularly scheduled match review post-Morkham. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.